Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Well, technology is moving forward, and there's no better place to see what's new in the tech world than go to the Consumer Electronics Show, which takes place every year in Las Vegas, because first off, it's a huge crowd, and there's a huge number of things there. Well, one of the things we always enjoy doing is catching up with Deborah Berlin. She has been going to this uh, show for a number of years, and she's back here to tell us what's going on, and we're also going to share some of the concerns that come up because of technology. Deborah is the uh, executive director of Project Goal, and I'm going to let her, Debbie, tell our listeners what Project Goal really is. Oh, thank you, Shirley, and it's great to be back to talk about this again. It's always enjoyable to have this opportunity to catch up on what's new with technology. So Project Goal focuses on aging and technology, and what I work on is promoting the benefits of technology for the older community. And there are a lot of benefits from what I gather. Uh, and we've talked about this in the past, not only watches that you wear to keep track of what you're doing and doing your heartbeat and all kinds of stuff. So what what did you see? Now, you said that one of the things we were talking before we started the program, you were saying that one of the largest sections, one of the largest sections there was devices devoted to health. Some of them are probably ready to go to market and some of them are way out in the future. But what were some of the things that caught your attention? Right, well, one of the growing areas, one of the growing marketplaces is the health area, the health devices, the fitness devices, and the wearables related to that, which I think is of great interest to the older community. What we're seeing is the opportunity for us to monitor our well-being to connect to our doctors, to connect to our uh, fitness centers, to check on our well-being on a regular basis. And I think that's of great interest to everyone, but particularly those who are aging and interested in staying fit. Now, I know that you've been focusing on helping to educate older citizens about technology for a number of years. Have you seen changes? Have you seen the... uh, the, the senior citizens adapting more uh, technology and using it more. Is, is this changed in your opinion? Absolutely. In fact, there was just... And we're going to give you all the credit, Debbie. <laughs> Thank you, Shirley. You're welcome. You know, there's a great coincidence here that uh, Project Goal started about 10 years ago, and we've seen a tremendous growth in adoption in technology in the past decade. But AARP just did a survey that they released in early January. And uh, it it showed that there has been great adoption by the older community with all the various different tech devices. And so their survey, they did a great breakdown in age groups. So they didn't just say in the you know 55 plus community we've had great adoption they broke it down by different age categories and not surprisingly it shows that uh, as the gap widens with age that we see a little bit of a drop and a drop the drop goes down greatly as seniors age so you know your highest adoptions 60 to 70 and then it drops from 70 to 80 and 80 age 80 and 
older, of course, is the, the least rate of adoption. But we're talking about all the tech devices, the smartphones, the tablets, uh, home tech pro- products like uh, security systems, thermostats, smart appliances, uh, as well as home assistants. And I think we'll talk some more about those so later. So what we call, they're commonly called personal assistants? Like your voice assistants, mm-hmm. uh, which are very popular with everyone right now, but also very popular and very useful for the aging community. But we, we want to, I want to hone on on something. I think I'm going to just mention this very quickly. Okay. Uh, one of the challenges of tech adoption for that uh, this survey touched on when they did it is that there's a concern with technology uh, and that is online privacy, the privacy with using these various different devices. So I think I want to put a bookmark there and get back to that later. Okay, yes, I plan on talking about that because that's one of the things when I hear about all these wonderful things and you're going to have this device in your home that's hooked up to the Internet and another device that's hooked up to the Internet and a device that's listening to everything you say. And they're all, they all hear you. I mean, it's to me, it's getting a little bit crazy. And I wonder if consumers really realize what they're giving out about themselves. Right. And where that information is going. I'm not sure we all have answers to that. But actually, why why don't we talk about the privacy concerns right now? Sure. And, and then we can move on to some of the other nifty little things yeah, that we're going to talk about. Yeah, we can get back about. to the fun stuff. Well, because, sure. Because um, let me tell you a story. I may have I told you this before, but uh, a friend of mine had a listening, a personal assistant device, Alexa, in her house. And... She, one day, opened the door. There was a delivery person there. It was a big box, and it was 20-some bottles of hand lotion. And she thought, my goodness, what is this? So she called Amazon and said, I didn't order it. And they said, well, you ordered it by Alexa. Well, I hate to tell you, folks, she doesn't have Alexa in her house anymore Hmm. because, obviously, something she said triggered it, and we've heard all kinds of stories about this happening is there any way that the technology can filter? I mean, I, I, I would not have a device in my house that heard me talking all the time because goodness knows what I'm going to say about people, right? Uh, <laughs> I right. mean, I'm being facetious, but right. truthfully, it's a concern. Yes. I Surely your concern is one that is shared by all consumers. And obviously the AARP survey backs that up significant concern well, do we consumers. but we do we find this kind of concern in the younger generation who've really basically grown up with these devices absolutely oh I, good I I'm, think I'm encouraged there, there's absolute concern about what happens to our data what happens to our information online everyone is concerned about it and it's a concern across all of the platforms and so this is something that we need to resolve consumers need this protection and we need to uh, we're, we need a national privacy law. That's what we need. We need a national privacy law that offers consumers protection, no matter what website they visit, no matter what platform they're going to. It needs to be across the entire ecosystem. So that's what we need, and we need Congress to take that action. 
So that's that's, that's where a we big, need to go. That's a big thing. I know that some states are initiating privacy laws themselves, but a patchwork of privacy laws is so difficult for businesses, especially na- national businesses. When you're online, you don't know where you're doing business. So I don't even know how you would a- adapt your business, your online presence, to deal with a consumer in a state that has a very stringent privacy law, and you may be in a state that doesn't have any where you're doing business. So it's that is a major problem as far as I'm concerned, and I'm always concerned about the health of our small businesses, and I don't want to see it impacted on them. I think this would have to be something that was carefully crafted so that it doesn't put our businesses at risk. Let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know that they're listening to Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Deborah Berlin. She's the executive director of Project Goal. She's also the founder and president of of the uh, Consumer Policy Solutions, which is the umbrella group under which you do Project Goal. Am I I right about that? Okay. But at any rate, we're here focusing more on technology and seniors, and we've just digressed a little bit into the area of privacy because it's a it is definitely a concern among the senior population. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't know. Do you, um, I don't know what's going to happen in terms of privacy. But as I said, my concern is that it not hamper the business's ability to do business, but That's to right. protect that privacy. Right. I'm more concerned not about what I buy online, but about the devices in my house that are collecting information about me, my family, my conversations. I don't know who's collecting what. You don't know when they're collecting it. And certainly with these assistant devices that are voice, um, uh, they use voice commands to to talk to them. Right. I'm concerned. Where are they recording it? I mean, do one of the things that I would see was that consumers have the ability to not have any information shared with anybody if that's what they chose. Right. So I'm concerned about two things. I'm concerned with, one, giving consumers the strong protections they need to manage their own information, their own mm-hmm. data. And two, I'm concerned to have those protections and for consumers to have that confidence so that they don't abandon, particularly the aging community, Mm -hmm. so that they don't abandon these wonderful technologies. That's really my concern as well, because this is an opportunity for them to find a a great advantage Mm -hmm. from these technologies. Mm -hmm. And if those, as, as that survey found, if those online concerns stop them, from using oh, a sure. voice assistant, Absolutely. from finding a smart appliance uh, in their home and adopting that. I think that's a real loss as well. Mm-hmm. So we have well, to resolve you know, this and de- find depends, that solution. Right. It depends on what you're using it for and how intrusive it really is. And a lot of those devices are very intrusive. But the bigger question to me is when data is collected, do you have the right to go remove it? Do you have the right to know what's collected about you? And that's putting a big burden on the business that's doing the collecting. So I'm not adverse to that because if you can collect my information, I want to know what it is. I'm not sure how we're ever going to get our hands around it, Debbie. I, I tell you, it just makes my mind spend, spin when I think about it. 
I'm sure you can feel the same way. Yeah, and yeah. The, and this is these are the issues that the uh, that Congress is is working on and grappling mm-hmm. with right now, and I think they're doing a a good job of of working on those issues and, mm-hmm. and trying to resolve them. And sure. and I, you know, we know that it's a it's a difficult time right now to yeah. to get to the end game, well, but would, I I think they can. I think that it they, would be very interesting to hear from listeners about what they think about privacy. Um, you can always reach me at Shirley at callforaction.org. So let me know. I'm very interested in hearing what, what people think, because to me, it's, it's, I feel like I'm being intruded on knowing that somebody's out there listening. So I don't really have a lot of smart gadgets. I have a lot of devices that I can turn on and off. And I mean, really turn them off. That's a big difference to me than some of them that are always on. And the other issue too, of course, is if your children have, um, are using, these devices that are connected to the internet. But that's another story. We'll have to talk about that some other time. Let's go back and talk about some of the things that are making life easier for all of us and particularly some of the people in the the older community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, some of the things that I I saw, uh, obviously robotics are are huge at CES. That has grown from a, a very small space to a huge space, and you see robotics everywhere. Uh, I think that we will um, see that kind of a slow warmth to that in the United States. They're mm-hmm. much more popular in other areas of the world. But um, the the use of robotics here in the U.S. is is slowly growing and adopting that. Uh, there, uh, I saw a few that were humorous, can I say. Uh, there, there was a... Um, a display of robotics for the bathroom and one that I thought was very humorous, but maybe one of the more useful ones was the uh, toilet paper robot that could oh could God. bring you a roll of toilet paper while you were, were sitting on the john. And I thought that was extremely <laughs> useful, but uh, I don't know who would pay for something like that but it was well i've i've experienced the toilets where you walk into the 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 facility and the toilet lid raises and it flushes for you and it closes and sterilizes the seat and it does the whole thing i mean it's like whoa right right Mm -hmm. yeah i you know i think paying for something like that might be questionable but uh uh here, but on a more serious side, what I think is going to be interesting in terms of technology is how we combine some of the new innovations that we have. For example, the uh, opportunity to combine virtual reality with uh, a technology called haptics. Haptics. What, what, I've never heard of that. Debbie, you just floored me. Okay, so haptics. And I can't tell you exactly how it works, but haptics, if I'm sitting here and, and I connect a, a device a, a, with a connected haptic device that and I hold my hand over something that you on the other end, um, I can actually feel what something that you are moving or, you know, I can feel something. I can actually feel it in the air. So it's as if you're touching it, but you aren't touching it. It's like it's a feeling well, sensation. What, what, would, what would this be used for? Would this be used for doctors to examine patients? So or uh, one ex- one example of how I have seen this used is for someone who can't see to use a remote control without touching it. Oh. 
That was one use of haptic technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but another use of this hap- haptic technology would be to potentially be able to virtually um, put on virtual reality glasses um, and see something and then actually feel it. So you could t- So you feel like you're right there. Exactly. Let's come back on, on that happy note. <laughs> you're listening to Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Deborah Berlin. She is the executive director of Project Goal. And one of the things that they do is to um, encourage and make seniors, help seniors to become more comfortable using technology. And and I think that's a, such a worthwhile, uh, pardon the pun, but the goal that you have. You, you're, I think it stands for Get Older adults, Americans, uh, Get adults Older Adults Online. Online. Yes. I like that. All right. So, um, what what you were talking about is the this this sensing and feeling and the some of the uses of this technology. So I'm sorry I had to interrupt you. Right, right. So we were talking about how it could be used for someone who didn't have sight mm-hmm. and be able mm-hmm. to feel and just hover their hand over something and be able to um, just manipulate their hand without seeing but actually have a sensation of touch. And uh, it's it's an amazing technology, wow. but you know how you could maybe use that haptic technology in different ways. And um, I saw a Japanese company at, at CES that was using haptic technology along with um, augmented reality to combine the two for uh, gaming purposes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how we might combine these technologies and maybe figure out a way to enhance someone who's aging, to enhance the sense of touch with augmented reality or virtual reality. Because deafness is a problem in the senior population, Mm -hmm. particularly among our veterans. No matter what war they've been in, they seem to have hearing issues. Absolutely. Sight diminishes. Yes. Even the sense of touch and smell. Yes. Uh, are diminished, and if any of those things could enhance that re- that uh, experience, it certainly would be useful. So yes, and you know the number one issue for many in uh, who are in the aging com- uh, community is isolation. Mm, yes. So the fact that you are isolated, you're away from family, you're uh, in a in a in a sense you are in a social situation which diminishes your health in many ways. Oh, yeah, and the depression that can can come about because of it. Absolutely. So if there is technology that can help reduce that isolation, if you can have technology that can bring you in a place where you are with family, where you are with a social community that makes you feel better, that is would be fabulous Mm -hmm. so right now we do have video chat we do have an opportunity to see family to see friends but if we could do it in a way where we had that sensation of actually being there right this this, when you do something like skype you're you're kind of you're not connected in a way you see them you see see them them. and you hear them right but if you could actually put on virtual reality glasses makes you think you're there and be in the room with them and then perhaps have this haptic sensation of being able to touch and feel. 
That would be incredible. That would be a whole new experience to really help that sense mm-hmm. of isolation. It's very exciting. I mean, every time you come back from the, the show, the electronics show, you always come back with some interesting. And, it's an idea. It's Surely an idea. this is an idea. No, no, you know, we don't have it on the floor of CES yet, but this is an idea that, you know, I'm just thinking out of the box How you could here. do it. How, yes. What could be, what would be so what useful. What we might have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and and you know what? All the great things come from somebody's idea, Debbie. And there are holograms as well where yeah. we could maybe have one of our relatives appear in our home. So, you yeah. know, it's there's all sorts of different things that technology can well, do. Well, it, it, is, it is an interesting world that we live in now. And it's amazing to me the things that have been developed. But I do think that going back to our original, what we were talking about in terms of the privacy, I do think people need to understand and have some control over what happens to this information. Absolutely. And, and whether or not you really want somebody to have it and what do you do if they have it and what are their responsibilities. So that's a big challenge, though. That's a big, big It's challenge. a big challenge. We need, you know, we need the right policies, Shirley. We need to get that national privacy law. So, you know, having having some the right policy in place would be a big help. Are the tech companies going to push back on this? No, I think everybody is pushing forward and wants wants this national a national law. So I, you know, I think so they know where they are and what kind of environment I, they're I, operating I, in. I think I think we're we we just need it to go mm-hmm. forward. Well, I, there are a lot of people who would disagree with you, saying we're working just fine as it is right now. So I, you know, I don't know. It's a it's an issue that um, certainly deserves a lot of discussion. I don't know how I feel about it because. I think I do a pretty good job of controlling what my privacy, but I'm not sure everybody does, or I'm not sure everybody's aware of. Oh, of, I would agree with that. I think mm-hmm. the, I think a lot Awareness. of consumers. I think a lot of consumers need, you know, need more probably more information in that mm-hmm. regard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think they're absolutely right. Well, anything that you see other than that, we've just got a couple of minutes here on the horizon. Uh, on the horizon. Well, let's. There's a lot, a lot, lot of the more te- to come. The health stuff, where the you can, he- the, the doctors can see you without seeing you in the office. Yes, and I and I think as that, as far as that goes, uh, one thing that is very helpful is the the network that we have that all this runs on. We uh, another policy issue, but it's it's the five G network that will soon all be running on uh, that we need the the faster it's connection. a ways away though i think it, well, it's coming and, yeah. and it's starting to come and we need that faster network for all of this to run on which is critically because otherwise it won't be able to do it we critically won't be able important to do for all the um health con- the medical services the health connections etc to to make that all work really well for mm-hmm. consumers particularly those in rural communities, et cetera. But, and there uh, is some new technology on the horizon that will help to deliver um, internet access to underserved areas. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, you know. It's all very exciting. It's, it's, we're, we're it's living starting. In a, it's here. It's it's coming. Mm-hmm. And, and so. Uh, Debbie, but, what is your website? Can people go and get information about what you're doing? Projectgold.org. Uh, Project Goal, G-O-A-L dot org. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Well, I hope people will take advantage of it to check and see what's going on. Do Sorry, you it's theprojectgoal.org. The Project. The Project Goal dot org. 
Gotcha. Okay, that will do it. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's very interesting. I always find it kind of fascinating. I did some research and reading on what had gone on at the show. I've never been to it, but I've heard it's incredible. So it just covers acres. <laughs> I don't know how you'd get around and see it all, but you do a good job, Debbie. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Shirley. You've been listening to Call for Actions of Consuming Interest. My guest has been Deborah Berlin, Executive Director of Project Goal. We've been talking about the future and technology. Thank you for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.